Are you accepting that it's okay not to meet that goal? Or are you asking yourself, what could I do today to make that goal? The Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results series on the podcast comes to you every Saturday morning and takes what we discuss in the Morning Mindset Club, compiles it into one easy to access recording and gives you some killer bonus content at the end that's not to be missed and only available here. So let's dive right in. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are in chapter 15 on how to outwit the six ghosts of fear. And we are on the fear of poverty, which is on the top of the list. Okay, Hill says here, fear of poverty is a state of mind, nothing else, but it is sufficient to destroy one's chances of achievement in any undertaking, a truth which became painfully evident during the depression. So he was writing this during and after the depression. So that was very top of mind at the time, but it is still extraordinarily relevant here. So let's break this down. Why is it a state of mind and nothing else? Well, this is where the law of relativity comes in. The law of relativity says nothing is big or small, right or wrong, good or bad until we compare it to something else. And when we do, we create meaning from it. We say it's good or bad compared to something else. It's large or small compared to something else. This is how our meaning-making machine works. And we are meaning-making machines. So this relates to the fear of poverty because if you are in a fear of poverty, you have a perspective that you have everything to lose but nothing to gain. You're comparing what you have to less rather than to more, rather than to say, I have this much and I know I've made this much, therefore I can make that much more. You're comparing it to your inability to make money, that you haven't made enough. It's all about perspective. And this is where the scarcity mindset comes in. And you'll hear people say, I have a scarcity mindset or limited uh, money beliefs or money mindset that's scarcity driven. And this is very important to pay attention to, but most people don't know where it's showing up for them in their lives. And you have to look at these very subtle representations of how this is showing up for you. Are you completely considering that you don't know how to make money relative to what relative to your current ability or relative to the ability that exists out there who are you comparing this to one of the things that I did when I made my big quantum leap if you don't know what that was I went from making 138 a year to making 700k a year that was a five times um increase in my income and then went on to cross the seven figure mark. And one of the things I did was I used this, although I used it unconsciously at the time. Now I know it consciously and can give it to you as a tool. I compared myself to people who had 
already done it. That's the proper use of the law of relativity. But I didn't say, oh, I'm not enough compared to them. I said, oh, if they can do it, I can do it. There's a way to do this. That means I can figure out a way to do it. That's a state of mind. That is a perspective that works. That is a relative um, perspective on the situation that will cause you to grow rather than shrink. So you must look at what you are thinking in relationship to your money-making ability right now today. Get really honest about it. Get really truthful about that. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So yesterday we spoke about the fear of poverty being a state of mind and the law of relativity, how that comes in. If you missed that, go back and listen to it. It was juicy. I also want to discuss how fear of poverty is a state of mind because you don't know how to create the money that you desire. And this all has to do with the law of perpetual transmutation of energy. If you do not understand the creative process, how human beings take things from non-form, from spirit, from source, from the, the land of ideas, that these are, these are real and true things, but they are not in form. You know that you've had an idea, you've experienced an idea, you, you know that it is real, and yet you haven't made manifest that idea yet. You haven't brought it into form. You haven't created the thing out of that idea. And once you understand the methodology for creating things from non-form, you will never be in fear of poverty again because you will understand the creative process. You will understand how you can make as much money as you want. Now, it gets easier and easier the more you practice this and the more you, you grow yourself and execute on this. Could you, in theory, instantaneously become a billionaire? Sure, in theory, but that's, that's never happened in the whole history of mankind. So why don't you set yourself up for some success and go for a stretch goal that you can hold right now and go execute on that. Now, if you're already a multimillionaire and you're going to go for being a billionaire, you have a, a, a higher likelihood of doing that in a shorter period of time, but still instant manifestation might not occur, okay? However, you understand at that point how to create. Now you have to get this engine going. For me, in the beginning, it was like pushing a boulder up, up a hill, right? I, I didn't have a lot of momentum going. But once I understood all the pieces to this puzzle and how to use the law of perpetual transmutation of energy to my advantage rather than to my disadvantage, because it's always working, but you must work it to your advantage rather to your disadvantage. And this is where the power of choice and controlling how you think comes in. If you really wanna go deeper into this, 
I've mentioned the law of perpetual transmutation of energy throughout this entire uh, Morning Mindset Club program. However, you can also go deeper by joining us at the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit. We do those twice a year at this point. Please join us for that. I go deep into this and then also our Spirit of Wealth Mastermind and Masterclass teaches this on the level of application so that you hold yourself to the higher standard there. So those would be places that you could explore this further if you're interested. Okay, with that in mind, go rock out your day, go manage your mindset, go control your thinking, and go be someone who takes her ideas and makes them manifest into exactly what she wants, not what she doesn't want. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So next up, I'm going to read quite a lengthy paragraph on how fear paralyzes you. Okay, particularly this fear of poverty that we are starting with in this chapter on how to outwit the six ghosts of fear. So Hill says, this fear, which is the fear of poverty, paralyzes that's a pretty strong word, guys, paralyzes the faculty of reason, destroys the faculty of imagination, kills off self-reliance, undermines enthusiasm, discourages initiative, leads to uncertainty of purpose, encourages procrastination, wipes out enthusiasm and makes self-control an impossibility. It takes the charm from one's personality destroys the possibility of accurate thinking, diverts concentration of effort, it masters persistence, turns the willpower into nothingness, destroys ambition, beclouds the memory, and invites failure in every conceivable form. It kills love and assassinates the finer emotions of the heart, discourages friendship, and invites disaster in a hundred forms, leads to sleeplessness, misery, and unhappiness, and all this despite the obvious truth that we live in a world of overabundance of everything the heart could desire, with nothing standing between us and our desires except accepting lack of a definite purpose. Okay, so that's quite a paragraph. I want you to listen to it again and flip it for yourself. These are the qualities that Hill is enumerating here. These are the qualities that you need for wealth. Are you encouraging them in yourself or are you squashing them consciously or unconsciously? When you hear them, what hooks you? Go pay attention to that. Don't blow it off. When you go, oh, that's me or uh, do I do that? That's a, a little sign that you need to pay more attention there. Go build that up in yourself. Go see where you're diminishing that quality. And in the moment, on the daily, do your life differently when you are experiencing yourself pulling back from that quality. Go hold yourself to a higher standard and say, I'm going to do this differently in the moment. So I'm going to reread this, read this again and see which of these things really hooks you. This fear paralyzes the faculty of reason. So is it reason? Do you shut down your thinking? Your reasoning ability? Destroys the faculty of imagination. Do not give yourself time 
to imagine, to dream, to really play out what could possibly happen. Maybe you're afraid of really playing in the land of your dreams for fear of disappointment. Do you kill off your self-reliance? Are you always turning to other people? Do you think you can't do it yourself? Now, this is not saying that we do it alone. I have not gotten to where I am right now doing it alone. But there's a difference between asking other people to help, hiring people, asking questions, hiring coaches, mentors, team members, contractors. You need people in your life to help you scale and throwing up your hands in helplessness. You need to be self-reliant, be, be someone who figures it out. Undermines enthusiasm. Where do you squash your own enthusiasm? Discourages initiative. Do you put things off? Do you say, I'll do that later when the stars align, where I've gotten all this other stuff done, when the research is done, when um, the kids are in school? What, what are your excuses around initiative? Uh, leads to uncertainty of purpose. Do you not know what your purpose is? Now, that was a tough one for me. I've, I've been very clear and transparent with people about this. For many years, I did not know what my purpose was. I just was following the breadcrumbs of my life, like the next thing that was calling me forward. I call that the, the breadcrumbs of desire. Okay? That said, now I know what my purpose is. So are you following your desire? Are you at least doing that? If you do know what your purpose is, are you claiming it for yourself? Uh, encourages procrastination. Everyone knows what that is. Where are you procrastinating? Wipes out enthusiasm and makes self-control an impossibility. Self-control. Do you say, um, I'm going to blow off that thing that I put on my calendar because this other thing is more important or feels better to do or is more of a go with the flow? Do you put too much on your calendar so that you don't have any space for flow? That's also an issue with people. But here, self-control, like, do, do you lose your ability to manage your thinking? That's another form of self-control. Self-control comes in so many different places. We could talk about that for, for hours, really. Um, takes charm from one's personality. Are you just losing your joie de vivre? Are you losing your playfulness, your warmth, your sincerity? Okay. Destroys the possibility of accurate thinking. That is a really important one. Accurate thinking is critical. You must have accurate perspective, rational thinking, understanding the law of cause and effect. Diverts concentration of effort. Are you always distracted? Uh, it masters persistence. Do you give up all the time in little and small ways? Turns willpower into nothingness. Now, willpower, um, I'd, I'd rather you look at it as, as will, the ability to, to focus. So those things are connected. Destroys ambition. Well, might as well not go for it. Okay. Mm, that might be too hard. Mm, I don't know if I want to work that hard. Beclouds the memory. I'm just going to fog out on everything that's come before in order to settle. Invites failure in every conceivable form. Well, that's quite a lot there. Kills love. Love is the greatest power. Do you love yourself? Do you love others? Can you feel love in yourself? I had to learn that, guys. I had to learn that. That was, um, I had numbed out around love. That was something I really had to open up about. 
um, assassinates the finer emotions of the heart, discourages friendships, uh, invites disaster in the form of hundreds in, in hundreds of forms, leads to sleeplessness. That's pretty straightforward. Misery and unhappiness. Are you unhappy? You know, where are you unhappy? Where are you bringing yourself down? So, so those are the those are the lists. I just went through them again with you. What jumped off the page? Go work on that thing. Go spend a week paying attention to that thing and seeing what you could do differently in the moment to call yourself to a higher standard and improve your life. A quick heads up. If you're loving this material, you can access the full success and wealth consciousness program we have to help you achieve your big financial goals and life dreams for free at theunstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. You will have access to daily trainings and mindset practices to help you stay focused, clear, and in action. So go get it at theunstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So we are on chapter 15 of Think and Grow Rich, How to Outwit the Six Ghosts of Fear. And we are talking about the fear of poverty. And in this section, Hill discusses where the fear of poverty comes from. And he outlines his theory and I'm going to agree with him and take it a step further. So let's read this section together and then I will discuss how to move beyond this as well. So the fear of poverty is without a doubt the most destructive of the six basic fears. It has been placed at the head of the list because it is the most difficult to master. Considerable courage is required to state the truth about the origin of this fear and still greater courage to accept the truth after it has been stated. The fear of poverty grew out of man's inherited tendency to prey upon his fellow man economically. Nearly all animals lower than man are motivated by instinct, but their capacity to quote think is limited. Therefore, they prey upon one another physically. So here he's talking about the, the, the way animals eat each other, the way animals combat each other physically. There are mating rituals where animals fight each other physically to be the one that evolves the species. And then there are, you know, the, the animal that eats another animal. That, that is this preying upon each other physically that he's talking about. Then he goes on to say, man, with his superior sense of intuition, with the capacity to think and to reason, does not eat his fellow man bodily, he gets more satisfaction out of, quote, eating him financially. Man is so avaricious that every conceivable law has been passed to safeguard him from his fellow man. And he goes on to describe how, you know, a man is considered less than the dust of the earth unless he can display a fat bank account and he has money, never mind how he acquired it. He is a king or a big shot if he has money and he becomes above the law and above politics and dominates business and all of this. 
So, and he goes on even further to say, nothing brings man so much suffering and humility as poverty. Only those who have experienced poverty understand the full meaning of this. It is no wonder that man fears poverty. Okay, so this is so critically important, okay? This is so critically important. Now, why is preying upon um, each other economically such a destructive and powerful force? What, why might that give us so much fear? Well, we have to go and think about what happens as a result of not having money in our society. In our society, this is where our survivability to the uninitiated comes from. And, and even to the initiated, we understand this, but let me play this out. So if you don't understand how to create as much money as you want whenever you want it, if you don't understand the methodology for that, you will be a slave to money, okay? It will run you and you will always be in the fear of poverty because in our society, we need money to buy food and groceries and clothe our children and put a roof over our head and put gasoline in the car and do the things that allow us to continue our life and the life of our family. That is our survivability. So money has become equated to survivability just like physical proudness has been equated to survivability in other animals. So this is super critical. Now, let's go back to a point. If you understand how to create as much money as you want whenever you want it, then you will no longer be a slave to money. You will know that you need money in this world, but you won't map it to a fear of death, a fear of dying. You will always have the confidence that you will survive, that you will know exactly how to create money for yourself when you need it. So that's what I have for you today. Think about whether you have a fear of running out of money, not knowing how to create money, and if you are therefore allowing yourself to be preyed on economically, right? Taken advantage of economically, feeling small. This might look like a loving situation, like um, you're not the breadwinner in your house, but your, your partner is and therefore you don't have any sense that you could go off and follow your purpose or your dreams because you're beholden to something in that relationship, even though on the surface it looks loving, okay? And it hasn't been construed of as a manipulative thing. Sometimes it, it is, but that could be a way that you are being preyed on economically, unconsciously, not necessarily maliciously, okay? So there, this can be played out in lots of different ways, you guys. Think about whether you know how to create as much money as you want whenever you want it. That's your ticket to freedom here in our society. And let me say something a little bit more clear. That is your ticket to not being in the fear of poverty, which is at the head of all the fears, okay? And when you release yourself from fear, you then step into feeling free and being free. Thank you.
Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. Okay, next up, Hill is going to take us through the symptoms of the fear of poverty. But before he does that and before we jump into it, he gives us a little litmus test here. He gives us some guidance. He says, self-analysis may disclose weaknesses which one does not like to acknowledge. This form of examination is essential to all who demand of life more than mediocrity and poverty. Remember, as you check yourself point by point that you are both the court and the jury, the prosecuting attorney and the attorney for the defense, and that you are the plaintiff and the defendant, also that you are on trial. Face the facts squarely. Ask yourself definite questions and demand definite replies. When the examination is over, you will know more about yourself. If you do not feel that you can be an impartial judge in this examination, call upon someone who knows you well to serve as judge while you cross-examine yourself. You are after the truth. Get it, no matter at what cost, even though it may temporarily embarrass you. Okay, this is so important. This is where I see so many bright, intelligent, amazing people really keep themselves trapped. They learn, they are in growth, they are craving the ability and the, the information to go to the next level. They are craving the tools to take them to the next level. But they are so scared of being wrong and what that might mean about them that they are not able to look neutrally at themselves and admit where they're falling down. They can only say, but I do this and shouldn't that be good enough? And the answer is no. If you want to grow, you have to acknowledge, oh, I do this aspect really well. It's not about cutting yourself down at the knees, okay? It's not diminishing yourself. And, and this is an and, you acknowledge that you say, yay, go me over here. And you say, I am falling down in this aspect. I could better my best here. I could hold myself to a higher standard here. And this is one of the things that I see with people when they start defending themselves about something that they really keep themselves trapped. It's such a disservice. So you have to look at yourself honestly and you have to want to look at yourself honestly. Now you don't have to, to shame and guilt yourself. You don't have to say, oh, I'm doing this and I need to improve on it and I'm not doing it as, as well as I could and that makes me a bad person or wrong or terrible. No, that's not what it means. It means you haven't been doing it yet. Give it that meaning instead of shaming and guilting yourself. You will grow at exponential speeds. Shame and guilt traps you. Do not let that be the trap that you stay in. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So here are the symptoms of the fear of poverty. The first one is indifference. Commonly expressed through lack of ambition, 
willingness to tolerate poverty, acceptance of whatever compensation life may offer without protest, mental and physical laziness, lack of initiative, imagination, enthusiasm, and self-control. Oh boy, that's a list. Okay, remember from yesterday's lesson, you are looking at this neutrally and saying, okay, I'm, I do this well and I don't do this well, or I could better my best over here. This is not about saying you're bad or you're wrong. It's saying, I am so freaking committed to my best life. I'm so freaking committed to having wealth and abundance. I am going to look at this and clean it up. Go to the next level, run those stairs, okay? That's what you have to do. So in this case, indifference, like there's a lack of ambition. There's a lack of the ability to figure it out. You need figure it outness. Where are you just accepting problems? Where are you tolerating things in your life? Where are you tolerating that it's okay not to make the money that you want? And look at where that comes up for you. You have hopefully an annual financial goal and you have a monthly financial goal. Are you accepting that it's okay not to meet that goal? Or are you asking yourself, what could I do today to make that goal? I just coached a client through this yesterday. Now she's at a fairly high level, okay? She's at in a mid to high six figures level and she's going to be on a multi seven figure level very soon. And she wanted to create more money this month than she's ever created before. And she was blocked on this, not because she isn't willing or doesn't want it, but she got trapped in a belief of, I don't know how, I don't know how to create that. And one of the things that my clients get to do is they get to rely on my belief in them and my understanding that if there's a desire, then there's the supply and it's here and it's ready. You just need to figure out what's going to call that in. So we went back and forth and I, I gave her a few ideas and pushed her and she had some questions on, okay, well, how would I say that? And what would that look like? And, and then the ideas started to flood in for her. She went from indifference, like wanting the thing, but being so freaked out about it that she went to indifference to going into figure it outableness. Okay. You do not need to accept the problem. Okay. You do not need to tolerate not making the money. Do not be quote unquote lazy about that. That can be a habit. Hold yourself to a higher standard around that and ask yourself better questions like, how would I make that right now? If the supply is here and just needs to be called in by my action, law of cause and effect, how would I do that? What would I need to do differently? It's here. I know it's here. That's the law of polarity. I'm going to figure it out. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So we are in the symptoms of fear of poverty. Number two in this list is, wait for it, wait for it, indecision. 
the habit of permitting others to do one's thinking, staying on the fence. Okay, you guys, this is one that if you've been following me for any period of time, you know that I teach again and again and again. You must be a quick decider. You must decide quickly. You must make decisions. It closes the gap on time. You might make a decision, get a result that wasn't what you wanted, but if you have the right perspective on life and yourself, you will see that as information and you will learn from it and grow and it will not cause you to miss a beat. You do not need to be afraid of mistakes. That keeps you going slow and that keeps you in indecision. And oftentimes if you make quick decisions and you start to learn to trust yourself, you will make great decisions for yourself. You'll learn how to make great decisions for yourself. You'll start to be able to triangulate what a yes is and what a no is for you and why that's a truth. Now, here's the rub. He says, the habit of permitting others to do one's thinking. Now, you don't want to to just defer to other people and say, oh, well, so-and-so decided that this would be better. I see this a lot when... Here's an example. I'm kind of calling some of you out, but here's an example. You talk to to me or someone on my team about uh, coaching with us and how it's like exactly the thing that's going to, to move the needle for you. You're a yes. And then there's like a, can I make this decision myself? What about my partner? Okay, sometimes that's a husband, sometimes that's a wife, sometimes that's a boyfriend, sometimes that's a girlfriend, sometimes that's a business partner, okay? What, what does my, my partner think about this? And instead of owning that decision because you know that it's correct and right for you, you defer to someone else who hasn't had the conversation with us, doesn't have the same purpose, doesn't have the same goals, isn't challenged by the same problems, and you let that person and that person's, usually it's their their money mindset, um, determine what's good and right for you. That is not making your own decisions, okay? And we can do that, generally it's around financial decisions. Do I hire that contractor? Do I hire that coach? Do I buy this course? Do I buy this software, a piece of software? Do I buy that car? Okay. Like some people have cars as part of their business world. Sometimes it's just the thing that gets you around town, but it's the thing that you, you want. Sometimes it's indecision around where you live. Okay. And you think this doesn't have an effect on your business, and yet it does. I've coached so many clients on moving into places, whether it's an apartment, a next level of apartment, or moving to a different state, or or buying that house, that like it's a decision that they need to make. They want it so badly. When they do that, their whole, now they have to do the work to back up the decision, of it. But when they do that, everything changes for them. They go to the next level. It's huge. So in some ways, the habit of permitting others to do one's thinking is horrible and bad with the caveat of who are you asking to help you? When I started working with my mentor, I made the decision, I made the decision that I was going to do everything that he told me to do as quickly as possible as long as it didn't hurt other people or 
uh, was unethical. Now those are really, you know, you have to have discernment around that because you could say like from a certain perspective that by charging a lot that people get into this mentality by charging a lot, you're hurting someone. That's not the truth. By, by moving forward in your business, you're going to challenge your parents perspective on how much money is good to make that might hurt them though that that's not what i mean i mean like you are not limiting someone's freedom in their lives that's what hurting someone is okay and, and that's where we have to get really clear it, so he wasn't asking me to, to to limit other people's freedom he wasn't asking me to murder someone right like that wasn't on the table i was gonna do everything he said as fast as possible with the least amount of resistance. Now, did I resist certain things? Of course, I was going through my own growth, okay? I had to move through it, but I held that as a, a litmus test for myself because I knew I wasn't making good decisions for myself and my business. I knew I was making decisions from a limited perspective and I had to change that. For the bonus content of this episode, I want to go back to one of the ways to solve for the fear of poverty. We've been talking about this fear. One of the, the six ghosts of fear is the fear of poverty. And that is based on a few misconceptions and ignorance. Fundamentally, it's not knowing where money comes from. So money comes from spirit source the universe infinite intelligence everything comes from that it is energy right and it comes through people through sales you have to understand the mechanism that converts an idea from something that is just an idea into something that has form this is the law of perpetual transmutation of energy and money is a transmutation of energy from non-form, something that's just an idea, into form. And what is the mechanism for that? Well, it is sales. Whenever money moves from one person to another on this physical plane, from, from non-form to form, uh, that's, that's action and creation in, in the law of perpetual transmutation of energy, which we've talked about a ton, then, it's in someone else's bank account and you would like to sell them something that will help their life and move it from their bank account to your bank account. That is the idea of being in business for, for yourself and for the greater good in the society because hopefully what you do solves people's problems, helps them have more life, makes their lives better, and that they're willing to pay you for that. Now that can happen within a job in a corporation, or it can happen uh, as part of a nonprofit. There's still a sale there for contributions. Uh, and it can happen when you run your own business, whether you're selling a product or a service, there is always a sale. You have to understand that the mechanism that moves money is sales. Now, once you got that clear, if you want to make more money, there are a variety of things that you need to understand, including the law of compensation, which says you'll be compensated according to the need for what you do, your ability to do it, 
and the difficulty in replacing you. And you need to learn sales on a very tactical level. The way I teach sales is based on service. It's based on being of more service to your potential clients. And if you learn how to change your psychology around that, how to let go of old beliefs around that, how to really own your value and your confidence, who you're being in this world, and you practice the tactical things that you need to know about sales as well, you will end up being a master at moving money, which if you're in business for yourself, you desire. Now, what gets to happen if you become a master at moving money? Well, not only will you have more money moving, you know, through other people to you, you will also be making a bigger impact in this world. You will be helping more people. You will be being of more service. And that is an upward spiral all around. So if you're interested in really stepping out of the limiting beliefs that you might be holding around sales that are keeping you in poverty or some version of that, some version of not having enough money to do the things you want in your life and in your business, then you have to learn sales. And if you're interested in doing that, we have a sales intensive coming up. It's the only one scheduled for this year at this point. It's February 22nd and 23rd. And if you go to the unstoppablewoman.com slash sales, you will be uh, given a ton of information about the two-day intensive that we're doing. And then if you're interested in joining us virtually, the best thing to do is to have a conversation with Michelle on my team to see if we think we can help you with your business where it's at right now get an ROI of at least five times your investment in the program. We want to make sure that you will be able to utilize this material immediately to step it up to the next level. So check that out, theunstoppablewoman.com slash sales. Okay, rock it out, be unstoppable, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us and for being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. This special series is a part of our Morning Mindset Club and comes to you here on the podcast every Saturday morning. If you'd like to join the Morning Mindset Club at no charge, you won't have to wait a whole week and can listen to this series in short daily snippets every morning. Plus, you'll get a quick implementation practice and mastery check-in to go along with it. You can find the Morning Mindset Club info in the show notes below or just head over to theunstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. And as always, please share this podcast with two or three women who are ready for exponential growth and exponential wealth. And if you're game, we always appreciate a review on iTunes. That really helps us reach and elevate more women. Thanks so much and be unstoppable.